You are listening to the Inside Citywide Podcast, brought to you by the New York City Department of Citywide Administrative Services. Inside Citywide provides you with a behind-the-scenes look at some of the work we do to serve the people of New York City. Hello, welcome to Inside Citywide. I'm Nick Benson. And I'm Belinda French. Thanks for joining us. I'm really excited about today's episode because it involves Saturday Night Live's Pete Davidson and Colin Jost buying a Staten Island ferry from DCAS, a totally routine occurrence. <laughs> Absolutely. Happens all the time. But yeah, we, we sold a big boat. And uh, today we're going to give listeners a behind the scenes look at that and the wonderful world of DCAS surplus auctions. Most people probably don't think about what happens to the stuff a city government owns when it's no longer needed. The surplus auctions DCAS oversees are like a never-ending municipal garage sale. We sell everything from computers to furniture to vehicles and everything in between. That's true. We even sold an autographed Mark McGuire jersey recently, just your average government surplus item. Today's guests played a key role in the Staten Island Ferry Auction and are involved with many of the city's surplus auctions. Our first guest is Larry Siegel, who serves as Chief of Staff for DCAS's Office of Citywide Procurement. Among many other duties, Larry oversees the team that manages the city's surplus auctions. Thanks for joining us, Larry. Thank you for having me. We're also joined by Paul Gasitz, who works for the New York City Department of Transportation's Staten Island Ferry Team. Paul helps oversee $15 million in inventory that is part of the Staten Island Ferry system. He has the important job of keeping track of the parts, supplies, and other bulk goods that keep the ferries afloat. He also oversees salvage operations for the department. Thanks for being here, Paul. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, Larry, I, I want to start with you because your team oversees surplus auctions, but uh, it, it isn't every day that you sell such an unusual item or have celebrity customers. Uh, what was it like when you found out who the buyers were? Um, I was hoping it was not a joke. Um, I know that they're very funny, but ultimately it was something that we're, we're happy we got a lot of um, publicity for this because it's truly one of the you know unique things that only the New York City Department of Transportation has. And uh, I didn't expect it to kind of reach that far up the up the celebrity food chain, but it did. And you know it was it was definitely exciting. And Paul, I'll start with the same question for you. You have had a hand in the Department of Transportation's salvage work for years. And I'm sure you've never had a situation like this. Were you surprised when you heard who won the auction? And I hear you actually met Colin Jost after the auction. What was that like? Yes, I was uh, very surprised, but I would have been happy anyway for whoever won the auction. And yes, I, when I met Colin, he's a down-to-earth guy. He's a really nice guy. Uh, Larry, so aside from the unexpected buyers, um, a Staten Island ferry is an extremely unique thing for the city to sell. Um, did you think it was going to be challenging to find someone to to buy something like this? It's not as much challenging as much as it's curiosity. Um, there are different avenues in which we sell large vessels. Not all of them are to you know be kind of refurbished into some sort of, you know, venue, but 
there's a considerable market for scrap metal or kind of uh, making use of the parts on the boat. And historically, that's what we have had more experience with. This is, I think, more surprising uh, in that it's an end user that's relatively different than what we usually handle. And obviously, uh, any eligible person can bid on a surplus auction for any reason. But I I would think that something like this with such a narrow use would be more likely to end up maybe being sold to some other government or sold for scrap metal. Can you think of a time that something similar like this was uh, sold in recent history? Yeah, there have been a few FDNY fireboats that have been donated as well as sold. Um, We have sold sludge tankers. We have sold marine travel lifts. Uh, There was a series of hopper barges from the sanitation department that sold in 2014. And even the NYPD sold, uh, you know, through our platform, the Jaws of Life. So, you know, there are different sorts of, I, I guess, precedent that would apply to, you know, unusual vessels and vehicles and equipment that the city has put up for auction. I would say this is probably the largest one, but yeah, there's always every year or so we get something out of the norm that will will pop up and it, and it's certainly worth digging into. This one was definitely out of the norm. Paul, you've been involved in a lot of Department of Transportation auctions. Has there been a ferry auction during your time in your role? And what were your expectations when you knew the city was going to auction off the JFK? This was my actually my first auction of a ferry as a salvage officer. But my expectations were to start off the, the bids at a fair price, you know, to get as much money as possible for the city. And that's what, you know, that's what I wanted to start off with, with that. Wow. So that was actually your first. That's amazing. Um, and you know what, too, though, this auction had to be a bit special for you because you're a Staten Island native and been part of the Staten Island Ferry team for many years. Were you glad that the buyers are interested in rehabbing the JFK and giving it a second life? Yes, I was. I was actually very excited about it, especially when they were telling me what they wanted to do to it. So I know we jumped into the big news about Pete Davidson and Colin Jost, but surplus auctions are a huge undertaking for DCAS that touches every city agency. Most New Yorkers probably don't give it much thought, but eventually what the city buys needs to be sold off or disposed of, and the auctions help generate revenue and give the things we buy a second life. Uh, Larry, can you give our listeners an overview of how the city manages its surplus goods, whether it's putting them to some other use when uh, within city government, auctioning them off, or simply disposing of certain things? And what are some of the other wacky and weird things you've seen uh, auctioned off? So... Ultimately, DCAS is mandated by the New York City Charter to handle the disposal, transfer, and salvage of surplus property. And that is relatively broad, so there is a lot that comes our way. Our first step is always to see if any uh, other agency across you know, the city needs a specific item that is put up, you know, determined by, I guess, the owning agency that is no longer needed for their operations. It's always our goal to reduce waste and, you know, continue to try to be really, really thoughtful with, you know, any new spending that the city would undertake. So 
for instance, if um, somebody doesn't need an office chair and we can transfer it to somebody who does need an office chair, that would uh, save the city a, a, a new purchase in terms of dollars as well as uh, staff effort. If no city agency is interested in an item, we would put it up to auction. And you know, there's different ways in which we can price items and how they're marketed on the platform and you know how long that they are there. We also have the ability, based on that charter requirement, to donate or uh, transfer items to other municipalities uh, or nonprofits that the city contracts with or serves. And ultimately, that is a really good way to make sure that items are put to good use. And uh, just because the, the city government may not need something doesn't mean that it can't help an organization that, you know, it really is serving the same people that, that we do. So after that, if nobody wants an item, uh, we would issue a destroy order for it. And we would partner with our good folks at the Department of Sanitation to um, dispose of it. And then in terms of, you know, items out of the ordinary, um, you know, we have auctioned off uh, voting machines, we have auctioned off toilet bowls, we have auctioned off a non-functioning NYPD bomb diffusing robot. Uh, we have auctioned off a Mark McGuire St. Louis Cardinals jersey. And it's, it's something where we've also used this office to transfer upwards of 200,000 bottles of water to Flint, Michigan. Uh, water that was procured by the city for coastal storm planning that was not needed and needed to be rotated out because uh, it was getting close to the expiration. And um, that's one of the really interesting parts of this kind of aspect of city government is figuring out what's the, what's the best way that the city can reduce waste and find the best use for something. And one other thing I know, a weird landing spot sometimes for our goods is actually uh, the city store. And if people aren't aware, it's the official store of the city of New York. It's, uh, you can learn about it at nyc.gov slash city store. Uh, but Larry, weren't there, weren't there like taxi medallions and like the, the covers of traffic lights, you know, the green, uh, yellow, red, and they, I think they were being marketed as bowls or plates or something. Yeah. Anything the city buys, they replace at some point. And medallions have have certainly changed over the years as have traffic lights and traffic signals and you know it's really nuts to bolts quite literally you know everything that a city agency has to handle you know there's a finite amount of storage space and if you go through every agency and and Paul can certainly talk about what DOT has but you know some of them are antiques uh, some of them are just, you know, damaged due to the use. And yeah, so things like medallions and traffic lights would come through this office. Larry, I want to stick with you for a minute. How many items does DCAS auction off each year? It must be a major undertaking given the size and scale of New York City government. What is it like managing the logistics for something like that? So we have anywhere really between 1,300 and 1,600 auctions per year. So those are individual auctions. Within how many items that accounts for, it's usually upwards of 30,000 to 50,000 items, roughly. Um, it really depends on the year, though, because it's a really tough thing to forecast because Agencies are constantly shifting operations to, you know, make sure they are serving 
the city the best they can. So we, in some years, are busier than others. In some years, we are handling, as I mentioned earlier, hopper barges, which it's not a normal procurement in terms of doing it on a yearly or, or bi-yearly basis. Same with voting machines. Roughly, though, it's, it's about 1,300 to 1,600 auctions. And then the logistics behind that is uh, we really lean on our other agencies or sister agencies to work with the individual bidders or help transfer items to other city agencies. I want to give a special just uh, shout out to the team here. It's, it's relatively small. It, we have Elaine Richardson and Ishmael Malave and Lisa Velasquez and you know the whole team at DCAS's central storehouse, which really manages the logistics for this operation. Um, it's really, you know, hard at sometimes because we have to cover a lot of ground and, you know, sometimes people bid on something and then they don't show up and we have to go through the process again. But ultimately, uh, our agency salvage officers and our agency partners are extremely helpful and are very committed to, you know, making sure that the process goes as smoothly as possible. That's great because I would have never thought that we do 1,600 auctions a year and 30,000 plus items. So definitely kudos to you and kudos to the team. Paul, we uh, mentioned that you've worked with the Staten Island Ferry for years, uh, but you have a really cool story because you started as a deckhand, uh, became a marine oiler, and then came into your current role. Um, looking back, what has it been like to touch the ferry system in so many different ways and to have grown in your role with DOT and the Staten Island Ferry? It was something I never expected from the beginning because I started my career in 1994 as a, as a deckhand on a, on a tugboat. And then uh, for 10 years, then I started this job at the ferry in 2004. In order to get into the position you know, they asked me, why, why are you going as a deckhand and not as a marine oiler? I was like, because I have to get my foot in somehow, correct? And they were like, okay. So from there, everything was over from there. And uh, actually better myself in my career in the whole transportation uh, industry, you know, from tugboats now to ferrying people. And now supplying parts for the ferries and terminals and everything else there. You know, it's been a great road and plenty more years ahead to, to finish it. Yeah, it's one of the things I really love about city government and public service is you just have an opportunity to grow. And if you're ambitious and you want to better yourself and better your city, there's there's so many opportunities for people. And you're just a, a wonderful example of that. Thank you. And I love doing it. <laughs> it's my love my job. And I love working for the city of New York and DOT. What's interesting in talking about DCAS overseeing salvaging and surplus auctions is that we are not only there when it's time to say goodbye to something the city owns, but we're also the agency that buys most of it. Larry, in addition to overseeing the team that handles surplus auctions, you are the chief of staff for DCAS's Office of Citywide Procurement, which handles over $1 billion in purchasing for the city each year. Tell us a little bit about the DCAS Office of Citywide Procurement and what it's like having a hand in the full life cycle of many of the things that the city buys. So the Office of Citywide Procurement is comprised of 
a few teams, including our citywide procurement team, which sets up what are called requirements contracts for all city agencies to be able to use and leverage for economies of scale. Uh, We have nearly 1,200 requirements contracts that usually process about $1.8 billion worth of shared goods and services for city agencies per year. And that ranges from fire trucks to fuel to asphalt uh, to toilet paper. It's really everything a city agency would need in order to provide services and support the staff that work at those agencies. We also do the procurement for DCAS as a whole. So we have construction contracts and you know other kinds of really you know complex and important agreements that help our staff maintain our buildings as well as administer civil service exams, among other things. We also have our Bureau of Quality Assurance, which inspects everything that is purchased off of a citywide requirements contract. So they go out in the field and make sure that fuel is up to the you know highest standards. Uh, they inspect the food that is purchased by the agencies that house people, and they you know will inspect vehicles at the point of manufacturing to ensure that errors are caught before it's too late in the process and the city loses valuable time in the procurement process. And we also have our central storehouse, which is a end-to-end warehouse in Middle Village, Queens, that serves all city agencies and provides uh, delivery and logistic services from items, you know, PPE and COVID testing kits to everyday cleaning supplies and uh, facilities products that are needed uh, in any city office. And there are a few other programs that we oversee. And I think the surplus aspect of what we do, it, it helps us really ask a lot of questions at the beginning of the procurement process so that when it gets time to replace items or it gets time to the dispose of items, we have more information and can rely on some data and examples in order to make the best decisions, whether it's developing specifications for an item regarding expiration dates or disposal methods or how things should be stored so they don't spoil on time. You know, we've seen it all in this office. So the surplus aspect of things helps us put in those safeguards at the beginning of the procurement process to ensure that the items that we're getting don't go to waste. Thanks for explaining that, you know, for all of our listeners, they wouldn't realize um, the city can't run without its goods and services. And you literally have a hand in helping the city do its job. So thank you for that. During your uh, introduction, Paul, I I mentioned that you oversee $15 million worth of parts, supplies, and other items that are used as part of the Staten Island ferry system. But tell us more about your work and what what does your your day-to-day look like? What do you do each day? Well, start off the day is usually uh, 8 o'clock in the morning till 4 o'clock. So (laughs) starting submitting orders for all the trades for them to do all their repairs that they need to do. Make sure all the inventory is correct and have all the reorder points for future repairs as needed. A lot of expediting orders, uh, a lot of inventory on that. 
And uh, on top of that, finishing up whatever inventory you don't use for, for years and years and years, like the JFK stuff, uh, put it on the public surplus and sell it, you know, for the city. You know, it's, it's a lot, a lot to it. And I, like what Larry was saying about uh, Central Storehouse, I deal with them, a great team. I dealt with the, a lot of the requirement contracts, dealing with the, you know, purchasing off of them with the MSC Granger and all them. You know, I've been doing it for a little while, dealing with Passport, which DCAS started. <laughs> That's about it. You know, it's day to day. It's ordering and making sure everything is inventoried and everybody's happy. Yeah, a lot of times uh, we say at DCAS, we're the backbone of city government. We're here to support everybody else. And then, uh, you know, nobody else can do their jobs without our support. So it's kind of behind the scenes work, but very important stuff that helps you guys, um, you know, deliver on your missions. Yes, they do. So we have one final question for each of you. And Larry, I'm going to start with you. As our listeners know, this podcast is all about giving New Yorkers a behind the scenes look at city government how it works, and the public servants who make it all happen. It doesn't have to tie back to surplus auctions, but what are you most proud of in being a public servant? Working for, you know, my neighbors and my family and, you know, everybody I see on the street. I really enjoy learning about new things and meeting people like Paul and dealing with processes that are very unique to the city of New York. It's certainly, you know, an honor and a privilege to kind of be involved with, you know, making sure that services are provided. And uh, I think I'm most proud of, you know, having at least a little bit of an impact on, you know, the day-to-day on how the city runs. And a lot of the great people that I've been fortunate enough to work beside and work for and work with, um, you know, learning about them and really better understanding why things are the way they are and how to make them better and finding those people that are equally committed to uh, fixing things that don't make sense is really what I think I'm most passionate about, but also, you know, most proud of in in seeking that out throughout, you know, my time at DCAS and in, in city government. Paul, same question for you. You've had great success working your way up in your career and uh, have really important responsibilities. What are you most proud of in being a public servant? Well, I've been a New Yorker through and through. I've spent 47 years of my life on Staten Island. It's been a privilege to be part of the DOT and Staten Island Ferry family. Uh, I'm proud of being a city employee and working for this great city. And I thank every day that I could be able to support the city and the furry needs. That's what it's all about. Well, uh, thank you so much, Paul, and uh, you too, Larry. Um, it's, it's always an honor to talk to people who take pride in the work they do serving their fellow New Yorkers. Um, the Staten Island Ferry Sale was certainly a lot of fun and quite entertaining, but you both do very serious work, um, as do your entire teams. Um, Larry, I've worked with you for four years now, and I, I know how hard you work and the great energy, intelligence, and passion you bring to everything that you do. Uh, you truly care, um, and, and you represent the very best in public service. So thank you for your excellent work and uh, taking the time to join our conversation. Thank you uh, for having me. It's always, you know, a real kind of treat when I get to talk about, uh, you know, some of the surplus and salvage that we deal with. And, you know, thanks to you and Belinda and Paul, it's, it's really been an honor to work with all, all of you in different capacities.
I completely agree. Larry, Paul, I really, really enjoyed this conversation. I have so much respect for the work that you do and the many hats that you have to wear. It's people like the both of you that show up and deliver every day for their fellow New Yorkers. So thanks again. And I'm so glad that you could join us. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure meeting both and especially you, Larry. It's the seeing you on the phone. <laughs> Finally see you in person, you know? All right. Well, thank you guys so much. As always, we want to thank all of our listeners for joining us. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can like and subscribe to Inside Citywide on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. If you want to help others find Inside Citywide, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Every review helps other listeners find our podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Inside Citywide. Inside Citywide is brought to you by the New York City Department of Citywide Administrative Services and is produced by Michael Santos. To learn more about DCAS, visit our website at nyc.gov DCAS and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NYC DCAS.